The following content has been rated for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Well, I'm not an expert. I'm not an authority. I'm someone who has been a murderer for almost 20 years. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. People say Ted Bundy didn't show any emotion. There must be something in that. I showed emotion. You know what people said? See, you really can't get violent and angry. Welcome to The Squonk and the Hag, a podcast about murder, mystery, the supernatural, and even a conspiracy or two. Dun, dun, dun. My name is Mo. And I'm Kraken. A brief disclaimer before this week's episode that the victim is in fact 12 years old, but she does survive. Additionally, the assailants were also 12 years old. Please listen with discretion. Welcome on in, guys, to another episode of The Squonk and the Hag. Uh, with me, as always, we have Krakow. Yes, hello, it is I. Yeah, but we do have a couple things this week. Um, first of all, hopefully the sound quality will now be better because I got my new microphone. Secondly, we will not be releasing an episode next week because we can't record... Uh, because I will be in another state. Someone just had to go out of town for work. Yes. Couldn't have just been like, how about no? Yeah, when you when your job comes to you and you, like your boss comes to you and is like, hey, we need you to do this. It's usually a good idea to do it. See, you say usually, but that doesn't mean all the time. Fair, fair. But uh, the last thing is that... It is not a Krakow tale this week. That is correct. Because somebody went and got himself sick. Bro, I've been sick like all last week. The entire week last week. Uh, off and on. Well, I hope you're feeling better. A lot better than what I have been, so. Well, that's good. It's getting better. Well, in honor of me taking a Krakow story week, I did something that sort of infused both of our worlds. I don't know if I should be terrified or excited. Or both. Maybe a little both. Also, I don't know what's going on, but the dogs outside are barking a lot. I thought I heard that for a moment. Yeah, I, I didn't know if the microphone picked it up or not. But yes, so this week, we're going to start out in Krakow's Court with a little bit of cryptid creepypasta stuff. But don't worry, it's Motel. So there is true crime involved. Like this is the perfect story for you to do because it's like your twist on Krakow Tales. <laughs> now, uh, should should I try to do the whole story in a Krakow impersonation? I don't think the the show is ready for two of us. <laughs> it's not ready for two Krakows. Well, I mean, you know my impersonation skills. They're spot on, which is why I said. Oh, they're fantastic. We don't want people getting confused. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, I do an amazing impression of my husband. Murr, I'm Chris. Sounds just like him, like... I, I don't know when he became a pirate. Is he not? I mean, he has the beard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yes, so this week, we're going to start with a little question of... Who is Slenderman? It's who the who the dogs were barking at outside. Oh, don't say that. You, you have summoned him. You know, I actually I should start 
every episode with, all right, I have summoned him, and then you come into the recording. <laughs> all right, who, who lit the black candle this time? So I'm assuming you have heard of Slenderman. Mm-hmm. You probably know a lot more about Slenderman than I do, but... Anyone who's been on the internet for a little bit, you've probably heard stories, maybe seen the pictures. And, like, this is a creature that even had inspiration for a mob in Minecraft. So if you've ever played Minecraft, the Enderman is based off of Slenderman. But let's start at the beginning of the origin story here. A user known as Victor Surge on the Something Awful forum posted a photoshopped image underneath a, uh, a thread called Create Paranormal Images. This user, his name is Eric Knudsen, was inspired by Stephen King, H.P. Lovecraft, Silent Hill, Resident Evil, and even folklore like Mothman and the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Okay, now the Mad Gasser of Mattoon is one I want to look up because I don't think I've ever heard of that name before. That is on our idea list. I might have to look into this. Yeah, it, if, 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 if you go into our little notion that has all the ideas for stories, it's in there. <laughs> I think Ranger put that in there, actually. I know there's like several different categories on the notion, so I was just like, which one do I go to? <laughs> or is there a single one somewhere? Well, I'll teach you how to use notion, but you can... So the way the board is set up is it goes... Um, by what status it is, like an idea, if it's being researched, if it's ready to record, if it's being edited, scheduled, and published. But you can also look at category, and I do put tags on things. So there's like supernatural, paranormal, cryptids, serial killers, uh, true crime, cults, you know. So I'll teach you how to use Notion. Krakow. Eventually, I will learn how to use it. We've only been doing it for a year. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. So 10 days after the initial post, which is, uh, it's actually a really good Photoshop where it's like a, a crowd of kids. And then if you look in the back, there is this figure. Um, but uh, just 10 days after this initial photo, another something awful user named Troy Wagner released the first web series about Slenderman called Marble Hornets. I love that series. Oh, okay. Um, Chris told me about it when I said that I was going to be doing the Slenderman uh, stuff. and I'm not caught up on it, but I've watched like a good bit of it. Okay, that's cool. So he told me about it, and then like a week went by, and I forgot what it was called. And yesterday, I was... Or not yesterday, this weekend, when I was finishing up my research, I'm like, what is that series, The Onion Thing? And he's like onion thing i'm like yeah not the onion but like it's like something onion like glass onion or purple onion or something like that about slender man and he's like what you're a little confused but she got the spirit <laughs> yeah after about 10 15 minutes he finally was like marble hornet so i was like okay thank you to be honest i've been the same thing before about other things it's like something completely <laughs> different it's like i know it's two syllables but that's about it yeah the onion thing known as Marble Hornets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is just the start of something that turned into a viral sensation. Uh, you know, this was years ago. I, I think it was like 20 or 2009 or something like that, 2006. I should have gotten that date, but, you know, why would I? Um, but this, you know, this was decades ago at this point. 
and it is still around today. So Slenderman is anywhere from 6 to 15 feet tall, with no face, hair, or discernible features. He is often portrayed wearing a dark suit and having large, sharp tentacles extending from his back. He stalks his victims using fear and paranoia to drive them insane. The original story said that he would stalk his victims before impaling them on trees and removing their organs. The more modern stories focus more on the psychological torture of the victims. See, that's the interesting thing about Slenderman for me is that like everything I've saw, I've seen about Slenderman is just like there's nothing that I ever seen that really described the killings or anything. It was just you see him and then you disappear. Yeah. No one knows what happens to you. Yeah, it it's funny because apparently it's broken off into I want to say like different factions, but that's not the right word. But you know what I mean? Like there's different it has these yeah, there's like, branches. Yeah. So it's it's very odd. Um, and I I did do a little bit of digging as we go through the story. And it's definitely an, an interesting cryptid. And I guess you could say Slender Man is kind of like an onion thing. It has layers. <laughs> yes, the marble onion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, it's marble hornets. It has to be like something other than marble. It's like the granite onion. The granite onion. Ugh. I hate it so much. So we're going to get into the true crime now. Uh, this is not going to be an episode all about Slender Man. It's just a little bit of background on him because it is involved in this story. In 2013, two 12-year-old girls in Waukesha... Wisconsin discovered the story of Slenderman and they believed it was all true. Morgan Geyser and Anissa Weir were fascinated and believed Slenderman was stalking them. They would talk endlessly about him, viewing websites, videos, anything they could find on Slenderman. The two became fast friends when Anissa moved to the school district in sixth grade. And that's when she met Morgan's best friend, Peyton Leitner. Peyton and Morgan had become friends a few years earlier in fourth grade when Peyton saw Morgan sitting alone at lunch. She didn't like seeing someone, you know, without any friends, all alone, not having fun. So she sat down and the two were pretty much inseparable from the start. But once Morgan became fascinated and obsessed with Slender Man, Peyton didn't like it. She didn't like the stories, the websites, the pictures. So when they hung out, she didn't want Morgan talking about it. But the three girls spent a lot of their time together. They would have sleepovers, go roller skating, and just hang out like normal kids their age. So I can understand that because like I, I was young when Marble Hornets thing came out. I don't remember how old I was. But yeah, whenever I first saw, I saw the first one, my toddler brain went... That's horrifying. I sure hope he doesn't come after me next. Yeah, yeah. And then as it went on, obviously, I kind of became aware that, like, this is just a skit. But in the beginning, I was it was, it was kind of terrifying. Yeah, and I can imagine. T so I did not have, like, I didn't go into this part of the Internet until later. Um, you know, I, I, I heard of it, but I didn't really know 
too much about Slender Man. Like I had to research it for this story. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine to a kid, holy bejeebus. Yeah, because uh, did you watch or like the first episode of the Marble Hornets thing or you just looked it up? No, because I like to sleep at night. Yeah, because the first one is it's basically like it's all found footage. So it's kind of like the Blair Witch. It's just this dude running around his dark house and then like he aims the camera out the window and you can see Slender Man on his front porch looking through his window. Yeah, uh, no, I'm good. And it's actually really well done to be like just a fan thing. Yeah, well, I know there was a movie, I'd say in the past year, that Chris is obsessed with um, where it was like super low budget, but it became like a, 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 a viral sensation because of the way it was shot. Like it doesn't show any violence. It's these two little kids that wake up and like everybody's gone. It's just them in the house. And it's, it's psychologically terrifying, but it doesn't have those crazy effects. It doesn't have the blood and the gore and all that stuff. It's just terrifying so you don't need money if you're creative exactly that makes sense you don't even have to show a monster to make it scary it's just the unknown part of it that you just don't know what it is yeah you just have to the the inference of it so morgan and anisa lived in the same apartment building and they would ride to school together and you know when you're when you're a kid, you you're not always going over to your friend's house if they're not you know right there because you need a ride and yada yada. So when they weren't spending time with Peyton, the two of them would spend time together, and of course their conversations were focused on the mysterious Slenderman. By December of 2013, Morgan and Anissa were convinced that they should become proxies of Slenderman. A proxy is someone who serves Slenderman. I saw it is pretty much little more than a slave. You are completely taken over uh, through mind control and brainwashing. And, you know, under the influence of Slenderman, you act out his wants or needs. I saw that, you know, a lot of the, the physical things that people would witness, you know, such as stuff moving or, you know... Anything that a non-corporeal being couldn't do, a proxy is most likely the one who was doing it. And speaking of that, and, you know, me liking to make sure that you have trouble sleeping at night, um, one of the episodes in Marble Hornets, there's a period in the series where the uh, star of the show starts filming himself sleeping because I, I forget how this led up to this, but he's filming himself, like, all throughout the day. He even films himself while he sleeps. And in the one episode, while he's sleeping, there's a man that walks into his room just wearing one of those plain white Party City Halloween masks. And then just he just climbs up onto his dresser and, like, crouch sits, like, squats on top of his dresser and just sits there and watches him sleep for, like, a good 20 minutes. And then he just gets up and leaves. I hate you. It's just a video of a man sleeping while another man just kind of crouches up on a dresser. You're the worst. It's probably what the, uh... The person that we talked about that, you know, probably likes to break into houses and just watch people. That's probably something like what they do. You're making it worse. You're welcome. Okay, so they believed they needed to become proxies for Slenderman. And 
I'm not sure where this part came from because I did research how to become a proxy of Slenderman. And this did not come up in the research, but they believed that in order to become a proxy, they had to kill another human being. I think the proxies thing is uh, another one of those has branches. It's different on who you ask. Yeah, I, I guess. Because like what I saw, you had to go into the woods at night, um, couldn't take a cell phone. Uh, you know, there were like criteria of how to go, where to go what to do um and then like you know you'll start feeling sick you'll start you know blah 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 and then it like walks you through the process but it didn't say you gotta kill someone um anywhere most of my knowledge comes from the marble hornet series because like i said i watched a lot of that when it was new mm -hmm. and uh it just seemed mostly like a mind control kind of thing like if you were around him a lot his influence would get stronger and that was it yeah it wasn't really anything you could do you could just kind of try to avoid it but like he picked who, who he wanted to be a proxy yeah i like that version way better than hey go kill someone and it's like one day you're hanging out with a group of friends the next day that guy's acting a little weird and he's doing some things that are a little suspicious well they thought that they had to kill someone and they decided it was going to be peyton i will remind you that all three girls are 12 years old so for months starting in december of 2013 Morgan and Anissa planned. They had a supply list and they would talk about their plans openly using code words like saying the word cracker instead of knife. Did you get the cracker? Uh, it's creepy. But they figured out all the details. They figured out how they were going to, you know, get her alone, etc. How did they're 12 years old and they've already figured out how to put plan code words to plan a murder? Yeah, I know. When I was that age, code words were used for the boys that you liked. Like, I heart peanut butter meant I had a crush on Andy. Uh, like, <laughs> very different from a cracker means knife. Yeah, that's normal versus, hey, what's a good code word for the mustard gas I'm making in the school cafeteria? Ah, uh, yeah, it it there there's some really disturbing stuff in this story so on may 30th of 2014 the three girls gathered at morgan's house for a slumber party to celebrate morgan's birthday i guess it was a week or two before but then they had this at the very end of uh the month and you know it was a, a normal sleepover they they stayed up late giggling they you know had a good time the next morning when peyton woke up the two other girls were already awakened downstairs they were i guess on the computer looking at more slender man stuff etc but they you know they were dressed had breakfast etc and the three of them went to a local park to play hide and seek morgan and anisa had packed their supplies in advance. They had a backpack with granola bars and snacks and candy and a knife with a five-inch blade. Just your everyday hide-and-seek kit, yeah? Once they were at the park, the attack actually started in the bathroom when Anissa tried to knock Peyton out. Now, they're 12 years old. They probably don't know what exactly goes into knocking a person out. And also, I don't think they would be strong enough to knock another person out. No, and if I'm, I'm assuming at 12 years old that 
their only knowledge of knocking someone out would be mm-hmm. like shows and movies. Yeah. Which it is a lot harder to do than that. You just tap them on the head and they go to sleep. Mm-hmm. 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 You just tap them on the head and they go to sleep. But the the failed attempt was mostly just annoying to Peyton, not actually antagonistic. She didn't think that they were actually attacking her and trying to knock her unconscious. So the three continued into the wooded area. Once they were at a secluded spot, Anissa alerted Morgan by screaming out things such as, Go wild. Some of the details of this are a little fuzzy. Um, There was a lot of, you know, uh, Morgan saying it was all Anissa, Anissa saying it was all Morgan, but Peyton was stabbed 19 times. And some of the stab wounds pierced her stomach and her liver. One of the wounds to her chest missed a major artery by less than a millimeter. They said it was uh, probably less than a hair away. And if they had cut that artery, she would have bled out almost immediately. It still baffles me that anyone, let alone 12-year-olds, can go through with this and think, you know what, this is fine. This is fine. And to stab someone 19 times. Like someone who is like an adult and, you know, some things aren't connecting in the brain to make them this way. But yeah, I mean, maybe the 12 year olds had something like that, too. But we'll go into all that. Yeah. Well, one of the things we had talked about before with the um, Blaine Norris case is stabbing someone is exhausting. You know, the obviously I I've ever had to do that, but I imagine it's not easy. I know this because a police officer in a documentary talked about it. Um, but aside from the amount of force needed to penetrate with the knife, but then to pull it out and then repeat that motion, you know, one, two, 19 times. Yeah. Is exhausting for a full grown adult, let alone, I can't imagine a 12 year old kid. Bro, I get exhausted deboning chicken thighs. Like, I... yeah, I mean that's that's actually like that's so that that is hard enough. Imagine now doing something far, far more, far worse with someone who's moving. So basically, you could have just said, "Now imagine trying to debone chicken thighs, but they can fight back." Yeah, pretty much. Peyton could not stand up on her own power. She couldn't see properly between the blood and the injuries, the blood loss, etc. And Anissa and Morgan then told her they were going to go get help. And I... What goes through your head when the people who just stabbed you 19 times says, don't worry, you'll be okay, we're going to go get help? Exactly! Yeah, I like... I would probably literally just stand there and stop for a minute and just go, huh? Probably not surprising, but instead of going to get help, they grabbed their backpack and they started hiking. Their plan was to go to Nicolette National Forest, which was a 200-mile hike for two 12-year-old girls. They were just like, you know what, it's just 1,200 miles. We can do that. 200 miles. Did I say 12? 200 miles. Where where did I get 12? I don't know. Um, But they were under the impression that Slenderman's mansion was in Nicolette National Park, and they were going to go there and become proxies, which is why they packed the snacks and granola bars, so they could make it 200 miles. They're bringing Slenderman granola bars. 
They just show you. Imagine you're you're this like ancient entity who like defies all laws known to man, and these two twelve year olds just show up covered in blood, and they're just like, "So we just killed someone, and we brought you a graham cracker bar." <laughs> Would you like some M and M's? You want some jelly beans? Oh man, it makes me. Th- Have you ever seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? You're gonna slap me? No, I haven't. At the very very end, there's. Uh, this principal gets on the school bus with a bunch of kids and this one little girl reaches in her pocket and gets gummy bears. And she's like, you want a gummy bear? They're warm. Mm, warm gummy bears from a child's pocket. I can only imagine what kind of germs are on there. All the things that like I used to put in my pockets and stuff. Yeah, no, I wouldn't trust food out of my pockets either. Yeah, I wouldn't trust food out of your pockets now. You just pull out like a lollipop that's been, you know half eaten and put back in the pocket oh covered in lint <sighs> so this story is actually not going to end as many of the ones that i cover which in this case is a good thing realizing that they left her for dead peyton somehow got the strength and the stubbornness and the motivation and drug herself out of the woods to a nearby road. A man taking a morning bicycle ride saw her bloody body and obviously called 911. Uh, Emergency services came out on scene. The first officer on the scene asked, who did this? And Peyton was actually able to tell him Morgan while, you know, they were stabilizing her, getting her on the gurney and all that stuff. Um... He also asked about the weapon and she she said it was a knife and he asked how big and when she held her fingers out, he thought it was like a little like pocket knife or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then later they found out that no, that was just the size of the blade that she was showing them. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting thing too, is whenever someone asks you like how big a knife is. Not everyone's going to do the hand motion thing the same way. Some people are going to do, like, the blade, and some people will do the whole thing. Well, I know we have some knife companies at work, and even some of those, they'll be like, you know, five-inch knife, and it's a five-inch blade. And then other ones, that'll be, like, the whole thing. And I'm like, can't you just standardize this, maybe? Yeah, I have a feeling the common thing would be the blade, See, I would have thought the other way around. I would have thought the full thing. See, I would have thought the blade, because if you tell me it's like a five-inch blade, then I'm going to obviously know it's got a handle on it, so the handle's going to make it a little bit bigger, but... No handle, just blade. You have to just hold it very carefully. The handle is just another blade. It's for blood sacrifices. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, Peyton was rushed to the hospital... Uh, went into emergency service, emergency service, emergency surgery, and she made it. So she was in the hospital for another week before she was released and continued on her recovery. But um, they were able to save her. Even like I said, if that one stab wound had been a fraction of a millimeter over, she would have died. Well, it's a good thing she was all right. So while Peyton was in the hospital, um, I guess actually before she even woke up from surgery, they were able to apprehend Anissa and Morgan. Good. I mean, they're two 12-year-old girls. Like, they they don't have survival skills. They don't know what they're doing. 
I'm guessing they didn't make it to the mansion. Oh, God, no. I don't think they left the town. Also, it's interesting that they found that Slenderman has a mansion in this specific forest, because that's, again, oddly specific. Yes. Slenderman just so happens to have a house in a forest in your town. Yeah, I I don't know where this information came from. All I know is that's what they believed. Um, so they were apprehended, and when Peyton woke up, um, she asked if they got him. And, like, that was the first thing she wanted to know, is, did you get them? And they did. So they were already in custody. And, uh, if you want to watch something disturbing, like, I've watched, um, police interrogations for other, like, I've, you know, Mm -hmm. Raider and Bundy and all of those. And it's like, oh my god, these people, whole. But to hear these two little girls talk about this is another level of creepy. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, but those are available on YouTube if anyone wants to watch them. Uh, What was interesting is Anissa was extremely upset, very agitated, crying. Um, You know, she, she was upset by what happened. But Morgan was very, very cold, very removed, and they kept saying how she showed no remorse. I remember seeing something about that when this whole thing came out, that one of them was, like, really regretful about it, and the other one was just kind of indifferent, I guess, to it. Yeah, um, there actually are people on the internet, this is not a diagnosis, this is just people on the internet saying they believe Morgan Morgan is a psychopath uh, because of her lack of remorse, uh, she was diagnosed with something, which we'll get here into here in a minute, but um, she has not been diagnosed as a psychopath. She does not show signs of that type of antisocial behavior. Um, it's just, I believe once we get into it, you'll understand why, but I do believe that what she does have issues with led to her reaction. But the the two girls, 12 years old, charged as adults due to the extreme nature of the crime. Now, Morgan was charged with attempted first-degree intentional homicide, and Anissa was charged with attempted second-degree intentional homicide. And once, you know, everything was processed, etc., they both went underwent psychological examinations. I did see, because they were charged as adults and because of the crimes, the bails were too high for the parents to get them out while they waited trial. So um, their moms and I guess their dads, but it really focused on moms, would visit them in jail at least once a week. Um, but they... And that's, an, that's another thing, too, is like, what do you do when you find out your kid yeah. did this? Yeah. I... I can't imagine what that's like. I can't imagine finding out anyone I knew did something like this, let alone a family member, let alone a child. Like, what if you found out Chris did this? Like, that's the equivalent. I actually think, um, I actually think a kid would be even worse than that. But yeah, if I found out that Chris was a murderer, uh, I, I don't know what I would do. I would lose my mind. Understandably so. Although... Being the uh, diligent true crime podcaster that I am, I am paranoid that he was. <laughs> like, sometimes I sit here and I'm thinking, you know, 
They were so many years before I met him. What if he did kill someone? I mean, yeah. And I, I, I don't think he did. I'm pretty sure he didn't. You hope he didn't. I, you know, I, like I, I'm, I, I would feel like I would know. I mean, maybe, but honestly, think about some of the ones that we've talked about where they lived basically double lives, and the other the family had no idea. Exactly. That's why I have these paranoid. Whatever, but um, then I then I look at him in his little old man slippers and his little cardigan with the elbow patches, holding Mara. You're just like nah. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, that doesn't look like a killer to me. That's fair. She looks like a killer to me. Sometimes I wonder why we're still alive because she could easily kill us in our sleep, but she has decided not to yet it's it's honestly because mara is probably just so small that she is literally incapable of (laughs) of doing that as much as she would love to i just don't think she can okay fair she does have really little legs and no thumbs that kind of makes it hard to hold a murder weapon it is true it's true so like i said both girls underwent psychological examinations and morgan was diagnosed as schizophrenic She had been experiencing hallucinations from early childhood. Uh, Her room was filled with drawings and journals and, you know, entries of all the different monsters that haunt us. She actually said she would talk with Slenderman and Voldemort often. Yeah, I I talk to Chase from Paw Patrol quite frequently (laughs) and Peppa Pig. I've got Peppa Pig on like speed dial, so it's kind of a big deal. I mean, you joke and everything, but she honestly, being schizophrenic, yeah. believed it. And that wasn't me making fun of, of that at all. It was just you trying to be funny. Let me just clear that up, that I'm not trying to make fun of people who have schizophrenia. You're just trying to be funny. Like I always do. I try. Try harder. No, I'm kidding. Wow. No respect. I mean... But as police went through these journals, some of the pages had phrases like just kill me along the margins, um, which is really heartbreaking um, to think about, you know, a 12 year old kid who is thinking and saying things like that. Mm -hmm. I did see that in her and I I forgot to put it in my notes here in her. Um, investigation they obviously went through her browser history and she searched things like how to get away with murder i mean straightforward but also what kind of insane am i so i believe she knew something was wrong but she was 12 years old and didn't know how to process it yeah so in it took three years until the trial but okay oh I do want to say, though, like, have you not looked up, like, those weird quizzes, like, the what kind of insane am I? Like, I know this was probably, like, genuine questions, but, like... What kind of garlic bread am I? Oh, yes, I have taken that. Yeah. Like, does that does that make me garlic bread for looking up, like, what kind of garlic bread am I quiz? Like... <sighs> no, it makes you insane. Fair enough. <laughs> the It took three years until the trial. And during that time, Morgan did make a lot of progress in the treatment and management of her mental health. She was finally medicated in uh, extensive therapy. She was no longer hallucinating or delusional, 
but she was still hearing voices at the time of the trial. Due to this and all of the expert ter- testimony from doctors, etc., she was found not guilty due to mental illness and was sentenced to 40 years in a mental health facility. So schizophrenia usually involves delusions, which are false beliefs. So you believe something is true that is not hallucinations where you see something that doesn't exist as well as unusual behaviors and often paranoid thoughts. So they were able to quell some of her issues, but she was still in a pretty bad mental state by the time the trial came around. Anissa was diagnosed with shared psychotic disorder, which I had never heard of before this. But it's a rare disorder characterized by a shared delusion of two people. The inducer or the primary of the relationship, which would have been Morgan, uh, suffers from a strong delusion and often some sort of mental illness like schizophrenia and then influences the other individual to believe the delusion, which I believe their age also helped with this. So, you know, Morgan was able to convince Anissa this was this was real. This was the truth. Mm-hmm. She also was found not guilty due to mental illness but since she had a lesser charge with second degree intentional homicide attempted intentional homicide uh she was only sentenced to 25 years in a mental health facility now in september of 2021 anisa was released under the conditions of uh, direct supervision and a gps ankle monitor Uh, Last month, the Waukesha judge signed an order to have the ankle monitor removed. However, she is still under supervised release. So she, you know, it's it's not like she's just out running around. She is under a very strict... Being closely monitored. Yes, she's being closely monitored, uh, but she is out. Morgan petitioned for release in August of this year, but withdrew it... Actually... She petitioned in May and then in August withdrew the petition, which I'm not sure why, but she is expected to petition again next year in 2024. Could be a, I think I'm good. And then you're like, "Hmm, maybe I shouldn't do this. Or maybe she was like doing really good, great track record. And then something happened and she had like a bad relapse or, you know, she was back to having hallucinations or something i don't i'm not sure but um she is still in a mental health facility having her um her disease and disorder taken care of but i wanted to end the story on a happy note so as i said peyton fully recovered she continued being a normal happy teenager As of last year, she was attending college with dreams of becoming a doctor and is reported to still be doing really well. In 2019, she did an interview, I want to say it was like on 2020 or something like that, where she actually talked about the whole incident. She talked about everything that she could remember of what happened, as well as how she felt in the years after. Um, She said that as horrible as this was it actually did have a positive effect on her life 
Before it, she was just a kid with no focus or direction, but this whole ordeal gave her a focus. She wanted to become a doctor. She wanted to go into medicine so she could help people the same way the doctors that saved her life did. So she'd said that, you know, without this, she never would have gotten that. And she wouldn't have had the drive to push herself through her studies, get into a good college, etc. So I haven't seen anything more recent than um, last year, but she is doing good. Well, that is good because we don't really often have a happy note on this podcast. Yeah, especially on my stories. Yeah. Sorry. But that also, like, I'm glad that she's doing well, but, like, can you imagine what the whole Slenderman thing will would, like, do to you after going through that, or if it did anything? Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I didn't really look into how she feels about Slenderman, but um, I did see, you know, after she was released there uh, from the hospital and on her recovery and everything like that, you know, there there are lots of pictures of her just, you know, smiling and leading a happy life. There was one where she was at like an animal shelter holding kittens. And uh, I guess in high school, she worked at a roller rink and, you know, just mm -hmm. it seems like she managed to not let this ruin everything. Well, that's good, because... Like you said, with with this situation and everything, it there wasn't anything directly tying the stabbing to Slenderman other than the the other two girls' beliefs and everything. It's not like they dressed up like him or anything, so Yeah. Yeah, it was I mean, I think probably the worst thing was the ultimate betrayal. Because those were her best friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do know that she she made a mention that she didn't think Anissa liked her very much that she was very jealous of her because her and Morgan were friends first. So I don't know if that helped fuel some of it as well. So, you know, Morgan was having these delusions and hallucinations, and then Anissa was buying into the delusion and angry. Mm -hmm. so, so who knows? Who knows? But it is a shorter story. Usually mine go probably longer than you'd like but <laughs> that is the story of the slender man stabbing see despite all the horrific details and everything in the most stories they are still all very interesting so i try it's like one of those things it's like it's horrifying but i can't look away yeah yeah it's exactly what it is <laughs> and you know that feel from watching me do things yeah I mean, I know that feeling from watching you try to do simple things. Exactly. Yes. It's like, oh, could, no, not, uh, no, no, oh, okay. Where does the square go? In the square hole. Where does the circle <laughs> go? That's right. In the square hole. In the square hole. I love that video. Oh, my God. But, uh, but yeah, so in conclusion, um, no episode next week. Um, now for us, Kraken, there will be an episode next week because it's the one that we already recorded. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wait, no, it'll be this one next week. So this, okay, time wibbly wobbly. 
Um, but yes, the week after yes. this episode is released, there will not be an episode. And then we will be back after that with a Krakow tale since he did not get to go this week. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. give him a chance to get a story together for you guys. And then and I've been picking up several things and boy, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And now you want to add the Mad Gasser of Mattoon to your list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I recently discovered one that's just way out there and kind of really well not kind of just very horrifying so it's not the guy with the eyeball for a butt is he oh no it's it's ufo related oh okay um but yeah so that is all for this episode and uh i'll see you guys when i get back from michigan yeah mm-hmm. yeah i am excited to go but um but it's a work thing it is a work thing. Someone mentioned a steakhouse well, for dinner one of the nights. So I'm like, I am here for that. Yeah, that makes it all worth it. That's all they got to do to get me into anything is just steakhouse. Yeah. There will be food. Mm-hmm. Specifically steak. Oh, my God. I am such a sucker for a good steak and garlic mashed potatoes. Same. Uh, also, steak freed is good, where they just put a steak on top of a basket of fries. Oh, that's so good, too. Okay, I've never had that, but now I have to. Bobo and I have not too long ago discovered dry-aged steaks, and the juices off of that steak is very good in these beer-battered fries that we got from the store. Ooh. So those beer-battered fries with a dry-aged steak on top where the juices go onto the fries just sounds amazing right now, so... Ooh, that sounds real good. I know Zunder does uh, dry-aged, uh, dry-rub prime rib every New Year's or around new year's and he always posts pictures of it like throughout the whole process Mm -hmm. and like you my mouth literally salivates looking at these pictures and i have never been able to eat it because he lives in florida yeah same i want to try zunder food but i can't i mean i'm a little closer but i mean i got to eat with zunder and bean but we went to a restaurant and you've got me beat there so yeah we facetime you from the porch though Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Out of context, that sounds so crazy. Well, we just FaceTimed you from the porch. It's fine. Yeah, it is. It's, it's fine. I got I got FaceTimed and roasted. Well, yeah. As I expected. <laughs> I mean, what else are we going to do on a phone call with you? Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, um, before we start rambling too much, thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back in two weeks, and we love you all very dearly. Goodbye. As always, make sure to check out our website for all of the show notes, sources, and more information at thesquonkandthehag.com. And we would also love and appreciate your support by either leaving a review on iTunes or through small monthly donations using the viewer support link in the description. And if you don't subscribe, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast network to get notified of new episodes every Thursday. All right, Krakow, you ready? Bye.